Thank you, worship team. Thank you, Paul, for leading us in communion. Good to be with you all again this morning in fellowship and in worship. As Paul reminded us uh, this morning, these last several weeks have been painful as we've been confronted over and over again with the depravity of man, the endless bounds of sin, and the, the calamity and the hardship and the suffering that sin causes all over in the world around us. And yet in the midst of this suffering and hardship, by the grace of God, we've also persevered together in worship, trusting in our God of hope. Amen? Scripture records for us beautifully in Ecclesiastes 3 that along the journey of life there is a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance. Today, family, we're going to dance together. I know many of you right now are like, <gasps> Austin, you can't ask us to dance. Fear not, not that kind of dancing. Others are disappointed at this point. They came to get their boogie on in the Lord. You can still, because we're going to be dancing in our hearts today. We're going to be singing songs of praise. We're going to be praising, and we're going to be celebrating together this morning. Yes, celebration. We have much to celebrate as children of God, don't we? Celebration is an essential aspect of our spiritual lives as individuals and a mark of our spiritual vitality together. Richard Foster, in his book, Celebration of Discipline, notes that celebration is central to all the spiritual disciplines. He says, without a joyful spirit of festivity, the disciplines, including prayer, fasting, Bible study, fellowship, etc., can become dull, death-breathing tools in the hands of modern Pharisees. That's tough. That's hard-hitting. But I happen to agree with him. This is why God gave Israel many celebrations to practice in the Old Testament. It's why the shepherds, the wise men, and the angels celebrated the birth of Jesus with gifts and songs and prayer. It's why God gave us the ordinances of the Lord's Supper and baptism. And it's why we long for that day, that great wedding banquet and kingdom feast when Jesus returns to celebrate for all eternity the goodness of God. Contrary to what the world may think of Christianity, God never desires for us to live dry, boring lives. Jesus himself said, I have come to bring you life and life in abundance. This abundant life in Christ Jesus is filled with perpetual celebration regardless of life circumstances. 
So this morning, we're going to worship our way through a psalm of celebration. Psalm 98 is pure joy and celebration. We know this from the start because the heading of this psalm sets it apart from all other psalms. The heading? Psalm. No other description attributed to no person or particular event, just psalm. Just sing this. You ready to find out what this is? To celebrate with the psalmist and make melody in our hearts? Psalm 98. Let's, before we start, let's, let's pray together. Lord Jesus, thank you that you are so good. Thank you for the gospel. Thank you for the cross as we reflected on this morning. Lord, this morning as we read your word, help us to see and behold marvelous things from your word. Lord, and above all, help us to see and behold you. Strengthen the faith of your saints, your children today, Lord. Strengthen us. Awaken faith, Lord, among us here as we hear your word. See more and more fully the, 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 the fullness of who you are and your beauties, who you are, what, all that you've done for us. Awaken faith among us today, Lord, that together we would be built up. Fill this place with the joy of the Lord. Move among us by the power of your Holy Spirit. Make your word come to life in our hearts and in our midst. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Psalm 98. Ushers have Bibles. For anyone who wants to read along with the Bible in hand, we'll have some scripture up on, uh, up on, the, video, up on the, the screens as well. Psalm 98, verses 1 through 3. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous things, wonderful things. His right hand and his holy, his holy arm have gained the victory for him. The Lord has made known his salvation. He has revealed his righteousness in the sight of the nations. He has remembered his loving kindness and his faithfulness to the house of Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. So the first cause for celebration is clear. God is Savior. And he is victor. Sing a new song. The psalmist begins. A phrase which always follows an act of God delivering his people through affliction or opposition of some kind. The new song consists of praising God for the wonderful things he has done. This is supernatural intervention the psalmist refers to here, like, like that of the exodus when God parts the seas and leads his people to freedom and victory. And on the other side, it's followed by celebration, the singing of a new song. Here, the victory of God is cause 
for a new song. Now, what's interesting to note here is that this Hebrew word for victory is a rich word and is also the same word for salvation and serves the name of Jesus, Yeshua. Notice how this word carries two senses here, one oriented toward friend with salvation and the other toward foe with victory. The Lord has made known his salvation. All the earth has seen this salvation of God. They've seen his power, his right hand and holy arm. They've seen his righteousness. They've seen his steadfast love and faithfulness to his people, the house of Israel, the apple of his eye. Family, this is important. This is the gate through which his loving mercies flow throughout the whole world. His people. The psalmist rejoices because he is of God's people, to whom and through whom the mercies of God flow. What treasure! What treasure to be his. Now, we don't actually know if there's a particular event associated with this psalm. Maybe it's the exodus. Maybe it's the return from the exile. We don't know. But that's what makes this psalm so special. Because it doesn't matter. Time and time again, God has proven and shown and made clear to his people, I am faithful. I am good and true. You are mine. I am yours. I am with you. This stanza here, these first three verses, draw our attention to the past acts of God as Savior, which quickly reminds us Christians of God's ultimate saving act through his son Jesus, who on the cross accomplished eternal salvation for all who believe, and gained that ultimate victory over sin and death, our last enemy. Amen? Not only does God's loving kindnesses flow through his people, but more specifically, they flow through a person, his son Jesus. God has revealed his righteousness fully, in Jesus and has executed his perfect justice and mercy on the cross. As we just reflected on in communion, the world has seen it. I can't help but to think of Simeon in the Gospels when he finally meets Jesus as a baby and he looks down at baby Jesus and says, I can die in peace now. For my eyes have seen your salvation in the presence of all the peoples. We have a Savior, family. A true Savior who has delivered us from sin, from the penalty of sin. 
death and separation from God, from the power of sin over our corrupt ways, over Satan's influence on us, and soon to come from the presence of sin, fully gone when we are with him in glory forever and ever. Family, we are free. We are free and eternally secure. I was just sharing my salvation story with a few staff members recently, just, just last week, and it brought me to tears. I mean, I was crying. I, I came home and, and, and I got home and I was eating dinner with my wife and I was like, Tavia, I was crying in staff meeting today. She's like, huh? Tears of joy and adoration. Just remembering the wonderful works of God just in my life. Family, I was a slave to drugs. Hard drugs. I was bound, held captive in a dark dungeon for too long. But when his scepter went up, my walls came crumbling down. I was set free. I was set free. God is Savior, and he is King, and he can make an ice-cold stone sing in fiery praise. Amen? I know I'm not alone. This room is filled with stories of deliverance. I know many of you that have come to know Christ as Lord and Savior just this year. Hallelujah. I know many of you who have been recently convicted of sin in your corrupt ways and brought back to God. Hallelujah. This room is filled with stories of salvation, deliverance, and praise. Deliverance from sicknesses, restoration of marriages, relationships, families delivered from false gospels and, and other religions. Stories of God's protection and provision in our lives. Praise God. We've had 19 baptisms between September and next week. Yes, we're going to keep the party going next week as well. Hallelujah. God is Savior, family. Let's read on and continue to worship. Verses 4 through 6. Shout joyfully to the Lord, all the earth. Break forth and sing for joy and sing praises. Sing praises to the Lord with the lyre, with the lyre and the sound of melody, with trumpets and the sound of the horn. Shout joyfully before the King, the Lord. Wow. The intensity and extent of praise rises dramatically. First, we were singing, now we're shouting joyfully, all the earth. First, it was the people of God called to sing. Now, it's all the inhabitants of the earth called to shout. Why? Before the king. 
the Lord. The psalmist says, listen up all you inhabitants of the world. God is king. He is king and deserves all of your praise. This joyful shouting that greets a king is the same phrase used in the prophecy of Zechariah 9.9. He prophesies, shout joyfully, Jerusalem, for your king is coming, humble and just, riding on a donkey, which we know was fulfilled on Palm Sunday as Jesus enters the city of the at the beginning of Passion Week. Family, does this excite you? Don't you just love this? This is real. We're not, this is no fairy tale we're talking about. We're talking about our king who reigns still. Notice the shift to the present tense here. Shout now, all you earth dwellers. God is king. Break forth, the psalmist says. Let it out, family. I want to hear hallelujahs, amens, and clapping today. Break forth, the psalmist says. This should excite us. What's important to note here is that Today is actually Pentecost Sunday. Yes, 50 days after Easter, the birth of the church age, that day that God poured out his Holy Spirit to fill and empower his people for Christ-exalting mission in the world. This recorded for us in Acts 2. This day follows last Thursday, May 26, which was Ascension Day. Ascension Day is a day set aside to remember when Christ, remember Acts 1, 40 days after the resurrection, when Christ resurrected, he, he, when Christ ascended into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God the Father, full of power and glory and honor forever and ever. He is indeed now king over all. We need to know this, family. We need to know this. The world puts their hope and trust in the kings of nations. These kings will surely fail and surely fall. You put your hope and trust in the kings of nations, you will fall with them. Christians put our trust and hope in the king, Jesus, who always leads us in triumph and victory, no matter what lies before us. Amen? Amen? Amen. Where do you gain your sense of victory? or loss in this life? Where do you find your sense of salvation or despair? Family, 
There is so much fear and worry over the kingship of our land. Do you feel secure? We have a king. We are citizens of his kingdom. Here as ambassadors in a foreign land, scripture tells us. Riverstone Church being an embassy of his. Does that bring you security? If not, or if not fully, you need to get to know our king better. The king. With him, his people lose nothing, ultimately, but gain everything. Perfect security. Family, this has been a tough two years. In so many ways, there's been loss, separation, hardships, stress, anger, and all kinds of heartache and pain. And yet, God is king. He still reigns, and he has kept us. And Jesus continues to lead us in triumph. Amen? Just in our church family, between September and today, we have been able to regather and stay gathered in person. Amen? He's brought a whole new wave of members and new covenanted members. Hallelujah. He's brought new staff members. He's raised up workers among you all to serve in, in a variety of ministries and facilitate all our gospel ministry at the church. Praise God for you, doers of the word. Our children's ministry is busting at the seams. All our children's ministries, from, from Sunday mornings to kids' clubs to all our family events this year, they've been packed with worshipers of God. You should see the joy radiating from our children's ministries, from classrooms to clubs to our events throughout the year. They know how to sing. It is so life-giving. I hope you all see and fully embrace the special blessing it is for us to have so many children being raised up as disciples of Christ here at this church, especially in our day. Thank God. VBS is coming up, and we're very excited about it. I hope you'll all join one way or another, participate or serve, and be part of this blessing. RPM was packed and faithfully ministering to so many mothers and families this year. Hallelujah. We've had several youth students graduate this year after serving over eight years of faithful dedication to youth ministry. 
Your faithfulness is exemplary, students. Thank God for you. You are an incredible encouragement to us. These students, along with over 50 other students and leaders at Riverstone, have stayed committed and persevered well through all of COVID up to today. Seven more students professed faith in Christ Jesus this year and have chosen to follow him and were baptized. Break forth, family. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Christ leads us in triumph. Our connecting events for men, women, and churchwide have been filled with many drawing nearer to one another in fellowship and discipleship. Leaders are being raised up. There's a men's barbecue just next Saturday coming up. Men, coming up, be part of this growth and joy and blessing of what God is doing among us. Support groups, growth groups, men's and women's groups, ministering to each other. I can't tell you how encouraging you've all been to us elders, pastors, and staff as we watch you quickly and diligently caring for one another, walking alongside each other in the blessings and challenges of life. Praise God for you all. Our care ministry, hospitality ministry has expanded just this year. Our worship ministry has grown. The Lord has significantly expanded our ability to minister both in person and online. Our Advancing Together initiative with all our focus meetings recently, they have been so encouraging, so empowering, so insightful for us, so unifying for our church. If you haven't made it, the last one's coming up this Tuesday. Sign up, come on up, be part of what God is doing here, leading us in victory and triumph. Your abundant generosity and commitment to global missions has given us the ability to send one of our own members, Annie Vincent, into long-term service in Jordan in the Middle East. We've supported 10 young adult interns in Lebanon to keep these young adult believers anchored and persevering in a land that is just crumbling right now. We've been able to provide so much relief aid to our brothers and sisters suffering throughout the Middle East and are preparing to take on a new long-term worker in Egypt who's, who's, who's called to, to serve in the Arab Peninsula. Praise God. Due to your abundant generosity, I'm happy to announce that we've also recently paid off our mortgage in full. Yes! Hallelujah! For those who have just come to Riverstone within the last couple years, this mortgage is from what we had, we had in Advancing the Gospel Project, which expanded our ministry, our capacity to minister here. God has used all of that to produce much fruit in and through our church. That's big, family. That's big. We're going to have a celebration at the end of the summer to celebrate the payoff of this mortgage 
at our picnic in August. Family, this is just, what I, all that I just shared, this is just a snapshot of the marvelous things King Jesus is doing in and through our church. Amen. You know what I want to celebrate? I want to celebrate our staff. This will make me cry. I'm not even joking. Staff, will you join me up on stage? Anyone who's a staff member at Riverstone, come on up. Don't be shy. Come on up. <clears throat> come on up. Family, I cannot begin to tell you how difficult it was to lead a church after being rocked by COVID and hit by wave after wave of all kinds of stressors and hardships over these last two years. It has been hard. And this staff has persevered well together for the sake of the gospel. Hallelujah. Thank you for your service. I love this staff. You all bring me so much joy. I can't even begin to tell you. Thank you for your service. Scripture tells us in 2 Timothy 4 that we have crowns awaiting us at the coming of our Lord and our judge when he brings them and distributes to them, to us at his appearing. Let's continue to press on in faithful ministry. Amen? Amen. Stay up just one sec. And family, those crowns referred to in 2 Timothy 4 are held out for all who love him at his coming. Do you know why we still stand before you all in service? Paul tells the church in Thessalonica, who is our crown of joy? We can't forget Cheryl. Yeah. <laughs> Paul tells the church in Thessalonica, who is our crown of joy at the coming of Christ? Is it not you? You are our joy and our glory, he says to the Thessalonians. Family, we serve this church because of the grace of God, the love of Christ Jesus, and our love for you. You 
are our crown of joy and glory. Hallelujah. Day to day, week to week, month to month, we think, pray, and talk about you. Know that. We love you. Let's press on together, one body, one mission, one voice. Amen? Amen. Thank you, Steph. Thank you. Thank you. Back to the trenches. There's one more group that I'd like to acknowledge. I'd like to ask at this time any and all elders of Riverstone Church to please stand. Please stand if you are an elder of Riverstone Church. Thank you, dear brothers and anchors of this church. Thank you for your faithful dedication. I love you, brothers. It's, it's been a joy to serve alongside you over these last eight years through the blessings and the challenges. And I look forward to the days ahead together. Peter tells us, elders, that we have crowns awaiting us also at the coming of our Lord. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. This is good, family. This is celebration. These are the gifts of God among us and what he's doing here. Let's close out this psalm seeing what else is praiseworthy of our God. Final stanza here in 7 through 9. Let the sea roar and all it contains the world and those who dwell in it. Let the rivers clap their hands. Let the mountains sing together for joy before the Lord, for he is coming to judge the earth. He will judge the world with righteousness and the peoples with equity. Wow. The intensity and extent of praise continues to expand. First, it was the call, of people of, uh, called, a call to the people of God to sing. Then the peoples of the whole world to shout joyfully. Now the whole cosmos roar. The seas are roaring. The rivers are clapping. The mountains are singing for joy. Why? God is judge. And he is coming. The psalm closes by drawing our focus to the future. That day when the ills of the suffering of this world will be set right. The day of Christ's return. God is judge. He is judge because he's also creator. He made this world good with order and beauty and, and morality, with justice and righteousness. And we've contaminated it 
in sin. It's all broken and under judgment. All the people of the world, along with creation itself, groans for redemption, Romans 8 tells us. The tragedies, the death and decay of just these last few weeks, family. How long, oh Lord? Oh my. It's so wrong. Because God is right. He is right in all his ways, in all his order, and he is good, and he did not leave us to perish in our corrupt state. He came for us. He is Savior. He came first to take the judgment for sin. But unexpectedly, to take that judgment upon himself. That's what dumbfounded the whole world. So much so that people still refuse to believe it today. Grace. His glorious grace. The cosmic judge of the universe stepped down off his seat, took off his robe, put it on us, pardoned us of our guilt, gave us his honorable name and position and set us free he himself taking our judgment in our place. That's the glorious good news of the gospel, family. Do you see it? Do you believe it? If so, your hearts will sing. And he doesn't just say, you're free to go. He says, no, 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 you're coming with me. You are mine. All my rights and privileges are now yours. You see me? That's what you're going to look like. You're going to be like me. You're coming with me. And we're going to be together for all eternity. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And he's coming back for us one final time to bring that final judgment upon the whole world. All the innocent and the righteous of the world will be vindicated. All our grief, all our trouble, all our pain, all our tears will be turned into everlasting joy. God is our judge.
Do you know what that means? Anyone who's had any experience at all in the legal system, not me, I know a couple people, not, not saying, anyone who has had any experience at all in the legal system or in the courts, whether it be family law, criminal law, understands that judges matter. Who you get matters. And family, we know who's coming back to judge the living and the dead and renew all things. What will you say to him? You might have heard a gospel presentation that goes like this. If you were to stand before God today and he were to ask you, why should I let you into heaven? What would you say? I've heard all sorts of answers and appeals and justifications. Some of them make sense, some of them don't. But let me tell you, I know for sure, for sure, what I will say. Thank you. I got nothing else. Thank you. Thank you to you who sits on the throne. Be power and honor and glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Thank you. Family. We have a Savior in Christ Jesus. Our Savior, our King, and our Judge. Amen? Amen. Infinite cause for celebration. Infinite cause to take these eternal truths and move out into the world and endure anything. So family, let's press on together in unity, in joy, and in the security of knowing Jesus, our Savior, our King, and our Judge. Let's press on faithful witnesses of the gospel until we see him and await our crowns. Amen. Amen. Let's sing to the Lord. I'm going to invite the worship team to come up, and I'm going to close out in a word of prayer. But before I do, one final surprise. What's a celebration without cupcakes? You better believe we're busting out the cupcakes today. We got cupcakes in the lobby. Come get yours Connect today. Celebrate with one another. Get to know each other. I'm sure there's many visitors here. Come meet us. Let's get, let, let's get to know each other more, more fully and more deeply. And grab yourself a cupcake. Celebrate. Yes. Hallelujah. Come on. Let's sing to the Lord. But before, let, let, let me pray. Lord Jesus, you are so, 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 so good. We have so much to give you thanks and praise for. 
thank you that you are a gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, forgiving iniquity and transgressions generation after generation, and yet not letting the guilty go unpunished. You are right. You are king. You are our savior and our glorious judge. We long for the day that you return. We celebrate life in Christ together, Lord Jesus. And for those who do not know you and heard this word of hope, awaken the eyes of their heart to see and behold the marvelous beauties of knowing God and the riches of the inheritance of the saints and cling to it in belief. Hallelujah. We give you the glory and honor and praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's stand and sing. You have called us out of darkest into your glorious light that we may sing the wonders of the Lord Almighty, 
Bless you and keep you and go get some cupcakes. <laughs>